With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It's episode 99 on Thursday, September 15th, bright and early at 8.30 Eastern. Our New York Mets have just been swept in a three-game series for the first time this year. Was it against the Dodgers? No. Was it against the Astros? No. The Braves? No. The Chicago Cubs. I'm Jack. Uh, joining me is Jerry. Jerry, how you doing? I feel like it would have been better if it were the Dodgers, the Cubs, or the the you know the Astros. I don't think so. I agree. Um, in, well, at least there's like, well, you know, they're pretty good because <laughs> we beat the Dodgers, and we were like, hey man, it doesn't. We can get them in the in the playoffs. This one just feels like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> it did. It made me think a lot because SNY was being especially cruel and showing a lot of 2015 highlights because Mets beat the Cubs that year. The Mets went 0-7 against the Cubs that year. I remember they didn't win a single game against the Cubs and then they beat them in the NLCS. And uh, the Cubs got a little bit of revenge there. So good for them. But tough series. Really yeah, tough that was series. a tough series. Overall, just like no sense of urgency from the offense it was it was lackluster yeah tough to watch uh Lindor had a good quote at the end of the finale and said that uh the the best thing about the clubhouse right now is no one's blaming anyone which is good I don't think the blame is falling square on everyone it's kind of a it's a team-wide issue right now Um, yeah you know they're still doing that thing where they work great first innings and get guys on and all three of these games they couldn't scratch out a run and that kind of just set the tone for the entire thing um, a lot of pop-ups, a lot of jam shots, just, I think a lot of, you know, reaching for it at the plate and it just didn't work out. The, uh, they, they showed a good graphic that the Cubs starting rotation since the all-star break is legit. They have a 3.11 ERA. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah that's legit. That's, uh, <laughs> that's strong. And they, the, the pitchers that we face had good stuff and they pitched well, like, you know, Samson, the sinker baller, was all over the place to start, and then yeah. he locked it in. Like, yeah. we didn't get to him. That's why you do things like score in the first run is so important, especially when you have those opportunities, because guys are searching. You saw what they did to David Peterson. Yes. David Peterson was searching. He had good stuff. He just could not locate it, and they capitalized on it. He capitalized for them by walking them. Um which is, again, we'll get into it, but that was, you know, those are the, the things that we normally do as a, a winning ball club with the New York Mets is take advantage of opportunities um, and capitalize. And yeah. we didn't, we haven't been doing that. So you see the results. Uh, give me one second. I'm going to close my window. Okay.
I'm going to pour some coffee. Neighbors mowing his lawn. <laughs> what time <laughs> is it? Don't know. It's 841. So I guess he's just getting ahead of it. 841 but... on a Thursday. Hey, I mean, some people love it. Man. Some people love it. My neighbor who I, I adore, our two neighbors, um, mows his lawn at least two times a week uh, right after work. So we'll be like sitting on the patio and he's out there pushing his two mower times a around. Week? He must, he a must week, have a least. beautiful yard. <laughs> Their yard is spectacular. He's one of those, you know. Do you know any of those guys that, that do that that are like there's plenty yard guys? Him. Yes, there's yeah, plenty he's definitely him. one of those. And like, you know, they always have great gardens and stuff. So it's nice to like walk past them with my dog or whatever. But yeah. it's 840 in the morning and I'm recording a show. Not as good. That's not as good. All right. Let's hop right back in, guys. We have the recaps. We're gonna breeze through them to save you the trouble. And they are brought to you by our lovely friends Oops. at Bear Burger. Bear Burger has got something for everyone. Yes, even you. If you're feeling sad and low after this sweep, I highly recommend going down to your local Bear Burger, getting yourself something nice and juicy, maybe a side of fries, maybe a beer, maybe a glass of wine. Maybe that's exactly what you need right now. Bear Burger has it all and it's ready for you. And they got the lunch special, 12 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. You can go today, get that special right now. Probably while you're listening to this, it'd be perfect. Choice of select sandwich served with fries for the whole family for $14.95. They got the bar a happy hour, $1 PBRs, $5 mules. You don't even need a fat wallet to, you know, wallow in your sorrows right now, guys. It's perfect. Wallet to wallow. Like that? Pretty similar. Kind of was hard to say. Not going to lie. Click the link in our description to find yourself at the best happy hour tastiest burger. Join an overall great spot at order.bearburger.com. I believe we have some Met fans at Bear Burger too. So if you guys are listening, make sure you dip into that that uh, company card today. Get yourself a burger as well. You need to treat yourself. And thank you to Bear Burger for sponsoring our recaps. Jerry, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's this get is, in. This is going to be absolutely electric. You got it. Energy, energy. Bring Ooh. it. Make it till you make it. The Mets welcome in the Chicago Cubs into City Field. They get things going in the first against Javier Assad. And Kenna strikes out with the bases loaded to strand everyone after a Lindor single and two walks in the first. Chris Bassett, who's been so, so, so sharp, did not have it. Simply put, did not have it on this night. Three and two-thirds innings, five Ernie's, two walks and two strikeouts, and two home runs allowed. Kind of some weird home runs. Ortega goes down 0-2 with two outs after four outs in a, or five outs in a row to start the game for Chris Bassett, and then he punches a solo home run. Bassett walks Alfonso Rivas after getting him to an 0-2 count, and Zach McKinstry, not known for his power, he punches a two-run homer in the third. A walk and then an errant pickoff throw enables another RBI single for the Cubs in the fourth from Ortega again. And then they punch another one to knock Bassett out of the game. But the Mets get a run back. James McCann, who's been swinging a much better bat of late, gets an RBI single with two outs. So the Mets have two out and two on. But Brandon Nimmo strikes out to end the inning, so they stick with only one. Next inning in the sixth, Eduardo Escobar hits one deep to center field, bounces off the wall on a misplay. He gets a triple. Tyler Naquin strikes out with a runner on third to end the inning. Javier Assad only allows one earned run in six innings. He actually looked very sharp. Kind of a similar to Bassett kind of pitcher. You know, six pitches. He can pretty much throw you anything. It's just the command issue at this point. But he was working on this night. The Mets bullpen, though, in the wake of Bassett, has a great outing, five and a third scoreless innings. Michael Givens was the star. He strikes out five over two shutout innings. 
but the Cubs bullpen does their job as well. They do their job until Lindor hits a two-out solo home run in the ninth to make it a 5-2 game, but McNeil grounds out to end it. Mets go one for nine with runners in scoring position. They leave 10 men on base. Canna himself leaves six on base. Alonzo, Escobar, Naquin, and Ruff leave three on base. The Mets lose five to two. And uh, the panic alarm was, it was still at like, like, a, like a green or a yellow right now because we had done this the past two series. So not a big deal. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Canna's big strikeout looking and the first inning was tough that's not something that he does yeah he does walk a lot but he also swings the bat at strikes um so that one i think he i thought he left more than that i thought he came up with the bases loaded again and struck out looking again but it was just two runners on again yeah not a great night for him just uncharacteristic i think yeah and they were strikes and he he didn't have great command of the strike zone uh in game one that was tough uh outside of that bullpen Michael Givens, man, looking awesome. good. Awesome. Uh, really, really good. See, uh, James McCann, like you said, swinging it. And Bassett, just just an off night. And I think he's earned an off night because he's been so sharp for like seven or eight starts at this point. So it was bound to end eventually. Tough that it happened on this night, though. Yeah, that was tough. Go run, I mean, score. this is the story of anybody's season. Runners in scoring position. You go yep. one for nine, there's a good chance you're going to lose. So. Yep. Uh, ready for game two? Uh, ready as I'll ever be, Jerry. All right, here we go. Game two. This is the get right game. You have the return of Luis Guillorme. And you have Jacob deGrom on the bump. It was spectacular. It happened just like you'd hoped, uh, except it did not. The Cubs get to Jacob deGrom before the Mets get to the Cubs. It was in the second inning after the Mets leave the bases loaded again in the first. Uh, Ian Happ, former friend of the pod, no longer a friend because you can't hit a home run off the ground and be friends with the Mets pod. Uh, he takes a 3-2, 99-mile-an-hour fastball deep to right field, way up in the upper deck. That was a bomb. He's known to have some pops, so that's not out of the ordinary. Jacob deGrom, along with all the great pitchers that throw a lot of strikes, give up solo shots. So it's not the end of the world. It's one to nothing. Except they started to play a little bit of small ball after the Mets cannot score again. It's the fourth inning against deGrom. Reyes, half single. Hermosillo reaches on an air on a sack bunt where we've seen it too many times in the those 2015 replays. It was the, the play at the plate on a bunt. Didn't work out. Uh, Jan Gomes hits a sack fly who killed us, it felt like. Uh, Wisdom bunts for a hit and another run. It's 3-0 Cubs. DeGrom doesn't pitch amazing, gives up the solo shot and then a couple of small ball runs. He ends up going six, three earned runs, five hits, no walks, 10 Ks uh, on 96 pitches. His ERA ballooned to 2.01. Seth Lugo gives up another home run uh, later in the inning or in the game. Just a good piece of hit, and the ball just kept carrying. Bodie's got some pop. Uh, that was a shocker. That was the one where we're like, oh, that got out. But that was 4-0. Um, and the Mets scratched across a run when Pete Alonso crushes a solo home run in the ninth. But it was too little too late. Once again, they go 0-3 with runners in scoring position. Only have six men on base the whole game, get just four hits, 
And the Mets lose game two, the middle match, which is odd. A DeGrom start game two, also odd. And they lose four to one, losing a series at home against the lowly Cubs. Tough one. Tough. As if, you know, any of them were easy. This was the one that I went to. Uh, Jerry, let me tell you, organizing a JM Mets outing is not easy. You got to let a lot of people know you're going so no one feels left out. You got to buy a lot of tickets in bulk. Make sure you find a section that everybody likes. Pick a good game. I mapped out the DeGrom game to make sure everyone got to see a DeGrom start. Drive there, pay for parking, walk up, make sure you get fed. And then I sit there for nine innings and I watch that game unfold. Um, that was tough. I mean, DeGrom still struck out 10. I mean, the yeah, Cubs... I mean, you got it. You, you got the price of admission. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Good job. First of all, it sounded a lot like when I was planning the Whitney and I were planning our wedding. Yeah. Uh, well, same, thing. <laughs> same amount of stress, same, you know, pressure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got people in the office like, dude, I wanted to go. You were like, I want to get uh, into the office politics. All right. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. Right? Oh yeah. Shout out to your Chicago accent. Not bad. Not bad. Right. Accent. Good job. Tried slipping uh, in there. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, again, the offense just did nothing, nothing. Yeah. Um, we're, we're back to that feeling of the starters. All pitchers have to be perfect. And when he gave up that home run to Ian Happ, I felt like, all right. But when he gave up that second run in the fourth inning, and then it ended up being, you know, another run, uh, I was like, this is over. And yeah. that was a weird feeling. I haven't felt that before because I did. I have no faith right now, just right now, that our offense was going to put it together. And that that was a weird feeling to, to feel like, oh, we're not going to win this game, a DeGrom start again. So that was strange. Yeah, I was going to say pretty much the same thing. A, a 3 nothing deficit felt insurmountable uh, for this offense. Um, kudos to the Cubs. I mean, the the small ball choices in that rally that they put up in the fourth inning were great. The bunts were fantastic. Um, that's what so, you got to do against DeGrom. That's exactly. smart baseball. That's, uh, that's what they hired. Uh, what's his name again? What? David Ross. David Ross. That's why yeah. David Ross is there. That's um, what you got to do when you're yeah. a lesser team facing the best pitcher on earth. You gotta you gotta anticipate those things. Yeah. Uh and Hap hit an absolute bomb. So he's not allowed on Shea Station anymore. That's just the rules. That's, I don't make the rules, I just enforce them. Yeah, I mean, we just enforce. That's all it is. And uh the Mets on a night where they use DeGrom, Lugo, Anavito, and Diaz, which would be the roadmap, I think, for a game one playoff victory. They lose four to one. Um Game could have been different uh if in that first inning Alonzo's two run homer just goes a little bit to the right and stays fair. It was um, foul, though. You got to capitalize. It was foul. You, and you left, Alonzo running the bases. You left definitely... the bases loaded in the first again. Yep. Can't be doing that back-to-back game. Vogie but... had a big ground out there in that first inning. Yeah. I think we were by a Vogelbach relative as well, because every at-bat, this guy, you know, bigger guy, up, filming every single Vogelbach at-bat, screaming his name. Uh, and I felt bad for him because Vogue could, did not have a good night. Could be just a big fan. Could be a big fan, but I don't know. Where man. were you sitting? In, like, we really were good in the, the 300s by the third baseline. So well, like, I don't know what that, that is. It's like the second deck. Oh, okay. Probably not family. Probably deck. not. But Maybe friend know. section. Maybe. Could be. Probably not, though. So the Mets drop the first two games. They lose on DeGrom Day, but they still have one more game to salvage this thing. They haven't been swept all season, so let's go. Let's get it done. It's David Peterson and what I'd say is arguably the biggest start of his career, and our guy does not have it. 
He has a blow-up outing, gets only one out in the first inning, five earned runs, two hits and three walks with one strikeout on 29 pitches. He had three, three and two counts to start the game, but he walks all three hitters. He loses them all. And after he strikes out Patrick Wisdom, it's Jan Gomes again. And uh, they get back-to-back two-run doubles in that frame. They go up 4-0, and David Peterson leaves the game early. It is up to Trevor Williams to take on the bulk of the game. Williams didn't look sharp at the beginning at all. He lets up a double and a single immediately to make it a 6-0 game. But then he comes back and strikes out the final two batters to end the first. Then he strikes out the side in the second and another batter in the third for six consecutive Ks. So Trevor Williams having his revenge game against his former team in the Cubs. He finishes his line with four and a third innings, one earned run eight strikeouts for him on 83 pitches that era is now down to 2.95 on the season david uh excuse me trevor williams having quite the year for the mets uh tomas nito got us started with his second home run in the second consecutive at bat after not homering all year long off drew smiley that makes it a six to one game and then this game was the story of the double play Eduardo Escobar and Darren Ruff get single. So Darren Ruff snaps his 0 for 18 skid. They get two on with nobody out in the sixth inning, but Tomas Nito, who were just singing his praises, swings at the first pitch, hits into a sharp double play. Uh, the Mets would get a run on an error by Patrick Wisdom, but it remains 6-2. Then Guillaume and Nito in the seventh get two out singles. The Mets get something brewing again. Brandon Nimmo grounds out to end the inning after a 3-2 pitch. Uh, the Mets bullpen, you know, they did their best to keep him in this thing. Eight and two-thirds innings, which is a lot to ask for one earned run five hits two walks and 12 punchies for the Mets bullpen they finished the series with almost 18 innings and only two earned runs allowed Tommy Hunter and Alex Claudia both get four hitless outs and Trevor May adds a scoreless inning so two scoreless innings for Trevor May in the series that's a win for me uh, the Mets get their only run on another Pete Alonso solo home run in the ninth, number 35 on the year to make it a 6-3 to three game. Right before that, though, Francisco Lindor hit into a double play after Canna's leadoff single. That could have been a huge difference maker in the game to pull the Mets within one. Instead, it becomes a solo home run. Uh, so that's the eighth inning. And then McNeil leads off the ninth with a hit by pitch. Escobar hits one maybe two feet within a home run. It gets robbed instead by Hermosillo, who became a new Mets killer in this series all of a sudden. And Luis Guillorme joins in on the double play party, hits into one to end the game. The Mets finish this series one for 15 with runners in scoring position. They leave 21 men on base total, and they hit into three double plays in this game with a runner on first. And they lose the final game six to two or six to three, excuse me. And uh, they go home quietly, getting swept by the Chicago Cubs. Good recap. Uh, yeah, the tail of the tape. Runners in scoring position did nothing. Did nothing. all see or all series, man. All series. Uh, some bright spots. Shout out to Pete Alonso, the polar bear with number thirty-five. Yeah. He's starting to look a lot better at the plate. He's hitting pitches that he should hit for power. Uh, he just looks better. Again, this is this is this type of season. You're going to get that. Um, Especially with a guy with with crazy power like that, that's looking to drive runs. Thirty five home runs. Yeah, he's got more in there. No small feat. I think the only silver linings of this series are Pete Alonso finding that power stroke again, and the Mets bullpen just absolutely dealing in this series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Peterson, that was tough. Yeah, I was looking up while you were uh, doing the recap. I wasn't being rude. I was looking up on Twitter. You you sarcastically said, "You know what should we talk about on the pod?" And somebody, uh, Metz Tina, at Mark Stana, 
<laughs> Pretty great. At, at Mark Stana, uh, I've always been curious about how pitchers eventually realize they're better suited for relief pitching, mm. and they asked me to direct it. Interesting. Uh, it's it's not a normal process, but this is. I, I wanted to lead that question into David Peterson. I think that they may have talked to him beforehand about this being his last foray until they possibly might go into the bullpen. I don't know because David Peterson looked like he was throwing it as hard as he could. Yeah. Cause his timing was off. Yeah. His front side was flying open. He was missing arm side up and away constantly. And that's the lack of adjustments. We talk about it with Diaz, how you can get back to it. That's what I think happened. And then, you know, much to the dismay of the Mets, they, the, the Cubs capitalized. He also threw, I think three walks with a three, two change up or something like that, which was insane to me. Uh, but he just wasn't sharp today. His stuff looked good. He didn't like lose his stuff, which is a sign that he can move, but this was a atrocious. He had a chance to, we we've been talking about, I've been a fan. I'm still a fan of David Peterson moving forward, but I think this was the, you know, unless something happens in the rotation, uh, welcome to the bullpen game. Yeah, you are absolutely right. All of all five of his pitches had a one mile per hour or more uptick in velocity. He did throw his changeup a ton. It was up three miles per hour. So I think he was overthrowing it for sure uh, and just couldn't locate. And uh, I also found it very peculiar that that was the pitch he was challenging guys with on full counts. Um, maybe it was part of a new game plan that just wasn't executed properly, but well, I mean, it's a, it's a feel thing. Yeah. A three, two changeup is a great pitch because guys are like, all right, I'm looking fastball. Right. I think you get it, but he started it. He was missing arm sides so bad that those are no doubters out of the hand. The hitters like that's nowhere near the zone. It was yeah. a lot of just waste. Um, so I understand the concept, but when you're no, not around the, the plate at all, you got to go to your best pitch and that's his slider. Yeah. especially when his fastball is nowhere near the zone. So, yeah, just a, just a tough watch from Peterson. We uh, had spoke his praises a lot. I think that, you know, September was really kind of his audition to, you know, bump one of those guys out of the game for a slot. Uh, and I just, he wasn't up to the task. He'll end the season with some good numbers still, uh, if this is his last start. So something encouraging for next year. Uh, but David Peterson, I think is probably still that one season away from really reaching that potential. Um, we saw it on full display, which is if, you know, if I were call. if I were to be buying stock in players, I would really buy some stock in David Peterson right now because he's not on anybody's radar as far as, you know, big guy for next year. But I think he's going to play a very important role for this team next year. Uh, and I expect him to make another leap forward. He learned he, this is growing pains, man. These are these are learning experiences it sucks and it hurts, but that's how you get better. Yep. You dig into it. Why wasn't it good? What was my mental approach? What was I doing physically? How do I get better and learn from these things? And that's the growth that you make. It's hard to do because he knew he was auditioning, basically. He's trying his best, but deep down, he understood the the ramifications of what this start could mean for him. Yeah. And he knows he came up short. So that's a tough pill to swallow. But as a starting pitcher or maybe moving forward, you have these days in between to get your work done physically and then dive in and, and try to get granular on what you did wrong, what you didn't, and and really dive into the numbers and the video. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, big kudos to the Cubs who did not look 
like a last place team in this series. They played with urgency. They they executed in key positions. They played great small ball. They pitched well. Uh, and I think the Mets really just got a little outclassed here. They got caught flat footed. Um, we're going to, I think we can still do the apple bar either. I mean, you look at these numbers and they're really like not terrible. You expect the Mets to get at least one win with some of these performances. Now, we can absolutely do the apple. Yeah. Um, but before we do, I got to tell you who it's brought to us by, and it's a new sponsor. So shout out to the new sponsor. Sorry that you're debuting on kind of a downer episode, but I think it's it's a fitting one, honestly. And this one is from Better Help. Better Help is for more athletes. Just started this at the top of the show. Maybe more athletes are speaking out about the importance of mental health, but you don't have to be a pro to want to be at the top of your game. Everyone needs to take care of their mental well-being, whether you're an athlete or not. And therapy is the best way to stay in peak mental shape. If you are a Mets fan, you might need someone to talk to right about now. It's September. It's the classic month where Mets melt down. So if you're thinking about, you know, maybe talking to somebody, BetterHelp might be the route that you need to go to. I'm sure they have some Mets fans in stock there. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. So you don't have to leave your house, get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time if there's any complications so when you're ready to feel at the top of your mental health game therapy can get you there visit betterhelp.com slash shay to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp.com slash shay thank you to them for sponsoring today's apple of our eye and uh, mets fans keep your head held high because we have some good performances to talk about yeah we do we do uh we have a couple of choices for me there's there's Two, and you had already mentioned it before. Uh, I'm going to let you go first, and then I'll, I'll go around it. Sure. I'm going to give mine to Pete Alonzo. So a little round of applause for Pete. Um, there was some some decent hitting performances in the series. Eduardo Escobar goes three for 11 with a triple. Lindor hits a home run. He goes three for 11 with a couple walks. McNeil does his job, three for 10. Nito had a great game in the final game, two for three with a homer. Um, I'm going to give it to Alonzo, and it wasn't, a fantastic series for Alonzo. He goes three for 11 as some of the other guys did as well. Uh, but he does punch two home runs and draws a walk. Uh, and this was the big thing. Alonzo had three home runs in his past 33 games going into this series. He gets two home runs in three games here, uh, which is a big sign of his power stroke returning. And um, we've said it so, so many times when Alonzo isn't hitting, it's tough for this Mets lineup to kind of become a cohesive unit like they have all year without that big bopper in the middle. Um, but Alonzo, he gets 141 home runs on his career. That's now the fourth most in MLB uh, history for any player's first four seasons. And that's with the 2020 shortened season, which just speaks volumes to Pete's power. He now has three 35 plus home run seasons tied for the most in Mets history. I'm sure he's going to break that record sometime soon. And um, it's important for Pete to figure it out again. You know, we haven't seen Pete going the opposite way, getting his singles like he was doing uh, in June and July. Uh, and I'm hoping that the return of his power stroke can be the return of just better at bats in general. Uh, Keith Hernandez pointed out that Alonzo's stance has changed a lot. He pointed that out on the broadcast. They showed that he was a little bit more closed off than he was just a month ago. So I don't know if that's something that the Mets are going to address or if it's a new approach by Alonzo. Uh, but in this series, he took some better at bats. Uh, probably could have had three home runs if not for that, you know, clipped foul ball. Um but Alonzo, three for 11, two home runs. That's good enough for my apple in this series. Beautiful. Well-deserved. Power stroke. Looks great. Uh, 35 homers. We we addressed it. That is a monster. Yep. That for is sure. huge. This guy is an elite power hitter. So shout out to him. Uh, you, we've already talked about it a couple of times in this series. The apple of my eye is 
the Mets bullpen. Yes, sir. Had to let you have them. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, shout out to the Mets bullpen. The whole bullpen, not just the top end guys. This is the other side. The guys that pitch when the Mets are losing to keep the game close, they did. The Mets had chances to win every one of these games because the guys that came in after the starting pitcher kept the score basically the same, giving moments where guys hit into double plays a lot more ramifications because they have a chance to get closer to this actual ball game. So they had a huge, huge series, 17 and two thirds innings pitched only two earned runs. They had gave up nine hits in 17 and two thirds, two walks in 17 and two thirds and 28 strikeouts in 17 and two thirds innings pitched incredible, uh, guy all of them all of them they're there it showed the depth of the Mets bullpen when it's going really well you got you got mop-up duty uh from Diaz from Adovino guys that normally pitch in positive games came in into a negative game script and that's hard for guys to do especially when they know they're just getting work in it feels different they did their job they came in and solidified it you know, it was a home run off Seth Lugo on a pitch that was a good pitch, and he still looks sharp, and sometimes it happens. Uh, and outside of that, it was Trevor Williams doing dominance that he's done all year long. He's been incredible. He's a team MVP, uh, a team MVP, you know, but he's, he's been able to do a little. But shout out to the Mets bullpen, the apple of my eye. Much deserved apple. Whenever the bullpen's up for grabs, I'm always going to let you take them because those are <laughs> Um, a lot of great performances though. Tommy Hunter has been really sharp his last nine games, 11 innings, 2.45 ERA. Michael Givens has been awesome ever since his blowups last seven games for him since he's moved down in the pecking order, 10 in the third innings, no earned runs, 10 strikeouts for him. Trevor May got two shutout innings with three Ks in this one. And Alex Claudio out of nowhere, three and a third innings, no earned runs in his Mets tenure. Uh, but the story is definitely Trevor Williams who has been, Moved all over the place this entire season, and he has answered the call pretty much every time. Uh, 40 and two-thirds innings as a reliever this year, a 1.77 ERA. This is a guy that, may I remind you, as I have many times this season, he did not even get a PPP when we did the preseason PPPs. We forgot him. We left him off our list. We uh, did. It was a choice because we talked about it. Yeah, I you think know, it was we between like, him and He's going to be the swing guy. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. And he said he gave us a big. He was like, "What? where's my? Where's my episode? This is what's bullshit. the what was the what's the friends one? Do you know that one? Where what they do? That's right. <laughs> Good. I'm proud of you right now. There you go. Yeah, so Trevor Williams, uh, it didn't end up mattering, but definitely pitched incredibly well. Almost set the Mets consecutive strikeout record there while he was at it, which would have been really funny. If it <laughs> no, in I think who holds awesome. that? Doc Gooden? I think no, I think it's DeGrom. DeGrom, I think DeGrom broke Sievers, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's Trevor, Trevor Williams. Williams. <laughs> Who? Yeah, yeah, you know, you remember him, the guy who didn't get a PPP. So Mets bullpen looks great. Uh, Degrom still punches out ten in a quality start, gets the loss there. Um, Mets get swept for the first time in the three game set. They've lost five home games in a row. Uh, their magic number actually went down this series, believe it or not. It's down to seven because the Brewers lost uh, to the Cardinals, and they still somehow, some way are in first place with a half game lead because the Braves are playing maybe their worst baseball since April. They went two and four against the Mariners and Giants. They go home now to play the Philadelphia Phillies who have been red hot. That'll be an interesting series. Um, 
And, you know, the Mets, they have a lot to think about. They don't have an off day to kind of calibrate. They're welcoming in the Pirates for a four-game set. And uh, it's go time. You know, it's it's time to figure it out, man. So here, here's the difference. Uh, shout out to the Braves for finally looking like a baseball team. We Jeez. appreciate it. Uh, this is a team that's been answering the bell. You know, the, when they said, all right, backs against the wall, we need to right this ship. They've been doing it. Um, they got swept. Wake up call. Yeah. You know, not that they needed it. Again, this team has been great. They, they've they understood what's happening, how they're playing. They've been self-aware. They're not, you know, clueless to what's going on. So I expect them to come back in. You you sent out a great tweet. I can't wait to watch the game tomorrow at 7 p.m. and expect different things. I'm going to watch. We're all going to watch. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all going to tune in because we are <laughs> invested and we care. and We love the Mets. So, uh this is a big one. This is a big four-game set with the Pirates who kind of wiped the floor with us a little bit. Only in that first game, but... Yeah, yeah, but they, they showed they were competitive. We had to, eat, you know, scratch out some wins, but that's... uh, You want to get to the preview, or do you want to do a little bit different? I mean, I think I can let you dive into this preview, man. Yeah, Go I think we it. should talk about it, and then we can bounce back and forth a little bit. Yeah, let's do it. This is the four-game set with the Pittsburgh Pirates trying to right this ship. The Mets lose a crappy three-game sweep at home against the Cubs, looking to bounce back against another National League Central foe, another subpar team on the record side of things. Can we do it? Game one, Cookie Carrasco, 14-6 uh, and six with a 3.8 ERA, going up against JT Brubaker, who is 3-11 with a 4-3-6. Pete Alonso in his career versus Brubaker, he's two for six with a home run. James McCann, three for four with two home runs. We can see if he can continue to swing a hot bat. Ben Gamble on the other side of things against Cookie Carrasco, five for eight with a homer. Cookie bounced back with six innings of one-run ball against Miami in his last start. Looked sharp. Let's see if he can continue. That is game one. Game number two, the other guy, Taiwan Walker. That's our man. He is looking to continue the sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, speak it into fruition, make things Absolutely. happen. He is 11 and four, the 348 ERA. He's going up against a very good pitcher in his own right, Mitch Keller, who looks good against his against the Mets in his last start. He's on a little bit of a heater in his last three. He's got 19 innings pitched, only two earned runs, 18 Ks, and a .95 ERA. He's 5-10 and 10 and 4-1 on the year. Rodolfo Castro homered off Walker in the last start against Pittsburgh. Tyler Naquin in his career against Mitch Keller. Let's see if he gets a start. He is 4-10. for 10. That is game two with Taiwan Walker on the bump. Game number three, Chris Bassett looking for a get-right game after his uh, mediocre start at subpar. Uh, let's see if he can get right on the year. He's 13-8 and eight with a 3-4-4 ERA. He is going up against a familiar face in Bryce Wilson, former Brave, now Pirate. Guy that got, uh, he was slated to start, but they decided to go with a opener and it did not work out for them. Let's see what happens here. He is 3-8 and eight with a 6.03 ERA on the year. Tyler Naquin, another name. Let's see if he gets two starts here. He's 3-6 for six with two home runs off Wilson. Uh, Bassett's loss versus the Cubs is his first start going under five innings since the beginning of June. Is that June? Yep. Six. January, February, March. You nailed January. it. June. You're going to have to write these out in our notes a little bit. I have faith in you. You got them. Uh, since June 8th versus the Padres. That was the bad outing that he got lost, and then he's been incredible ever since. 
Let's see if he can bounce back in one down start. The Mets scored four runs with two home runs off Wilson uh, in the first week of September when they last faced the Pirates. That is game three. Game four, Jacob deGrom in his own little get right. He only went six and gave up three whole runs. How dare he? Five and two with an ERA well north of two at 2.01. He's going up against Johan Oviedo, who's three and two with a 3-3-4 ERA. Brian Reynolds against our man DeGrom. He's two for three on the career. DeGrom has, he allowed over two runs for just the second time in eight starts on his career versus the Cubs. Uh, he struck out eight batters or more in his last seven starts, and the Mets scored four runs with five walks versus Oviedo in a 10-0 win on the 7th of September. That is your four-game set. Game one is Cookie versus Brubaker. Game two, Taiwan versus Mitch Keller. Game three, Bassett versus Wilson. And game four, DeGoat versus Oviedo. That is it. That is our get right. That is the ball games. Well done. I love the energy. Uh, longtime listener, Velcro Baby, a.k.a. Linda Hughes, says... Oh, Velcro Baby. Series. That's a great... First of all, great Twitter handle. Great I love Twitter it every handle. time I see it. She's a great... She interacts with us all the time. Shout out to Linda. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Listens to every episode. She says, preview the upcoming series as you always do and stay positive. Let's talk about the positives here. The Mets, they just took a series against the Pirates. They lost that disappointing game one. They were able to bounce back and take the other two. One of them was a 10 nothing route. And there's a lot of guys with great numbers here. Keep your eye on Alonzo and McCann. They got great numbers against Brubaker. I think the biggest challenge of this series is going to be Mitch Keller, who has seemingly found it. He was one of the guys I had my eye on at the beginning of the season. His last three starts have been awesome against all contending teams. Uh, So that'll be a challenge for the Mets, which I think they need. You know, they've been facing a lot of these so-called easy pitchers lately, although you'd mentioned the Cubs rotation has been better. I think they need a little bit of a punch in the mouth. They got punched in the mouth by Keller last time. I think they want to get him again and see what they can do. Uh, Chris Bassett, I bet you he's pissed off about not eating some innings last outing because that's what he does. I think he's going to be angry. And Jacob DeGrom, that's not a guy you want to be pissed off against you. And those bun hits, I mean, he he shouldn't have, but he said that the, the loss was on him, that he needed to pitch better. And I think he's going to come out with a vengeance against these Pirates. Um, I think that these guys got punched in the mouth. They got swept, and that was their wake-up call. And I think that they're going to come out mad in this series angry and it all starts with the offense and them coming through whether it's lineup mixtures or what have you i think that these bats will finally wake up against the team they just played that they're familiar with Uh, and they got four games which i think is a blessing for the mets i think four games with pittsburgh is a very good sign for them uh two things that you mentioned uh one was the degrom post game saying this one's on me i needed to throw up zeros and i didn't That's a different side of DeGrom. Yep. You know, we don't normally see that kind of approach. I think he's completely in. And and there's been no proof that he wasn't. But I think that was a cool sign to see that he's all in on this Mets team. He's over his own issues and thinking about him himself. But obviously he's caring about his arm. But I think he's completely bought in to looking them as the Mets go, I go on the season. He's trying to win a World Series now, which was a cool thing to hear. Uh, It wasn't like, you know, I was trying to do this and I couldn't quite do that. He was just talking baseball. And that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Number two. And again, this is another hat tip to, to Buck Showalter. Mixing that lineup up, understanding that, hey, this isn't just, you know, throw the same thing on the wall and expect a different result. This is like, hey, I see what's happening. Our offense is struggling. 
let's mix it up. He took a little, you know, shake of the etch a sketch and see what pops up. Uh, and he mixed it up and I didn't mind it. I like seeing some of the different things. He has guys that are very versatile that do similar and different things. And he moved them around the lineup, uh, just to, just to get a spark. He's aware of what's happening. He sees that the offense looks, you know, stagnant and he's willing to do something to shake it up because he knows he's going to get asked, why are you mixing it up? Why is this guy going to the two spot? What's going on? And he goes, we're not scoring runs. I got to try something. This is, you know, I can't just keep rolling the same thing out and expect different results. That's the definition of insanity. And Buck Showalter is far from that. Uh, those are two like positive signs that, about your conversation that you're having that I, I thought, again, is a great sign, uh, indication of who this Mets team is in their DNA. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that um, it was kind of the the polar opposite of the Yankees a little bit because – I always hear Yankees fans complaining about seeing a different lineup every night. And for the Mets, we've had pretty much a similar lineup the entire – the one through four had been the same for maybe 120 games in a row. Um, but a lineup shakeup is exactly what this team needed. I think you're going to see another weird lineup tonight, and it's going to stay weird until something clicks and something works. Uh, and that's, you know, kudos to Buck there. He said that the the old saying, play better. That was his post-game quote in the final game after the sweep. You just got to play better. Uh, he knows but- his guys are capable. So that is a fact that's uh you know, again, that's a situation. And I don't, you know, I, I like, I like Buck as a manager. And, and this was one of the reasons why, because he's not denying some of the things that fans have seen in the past. You know, I love Louis, Louis Rojas, but he was kind of in over his head yeah, managing for the first time in a pandemic with a team that has high expectation that's underperforming. Do you, as a first-time manager, confront some of these guys or do you, you know, wait and see what's going on? Uh, And he chose to kind of wait and see. And I think at the time that wasn't the right call. Uh, But Buck Showalter is like, hey, we need need some change. We need this. Let's go. He didn't care if he's going to piss somebody off that they got moved down. Because he's like, look, this isn't about you. It's about the Mets. So, you know, that was another nice nice thing to see. Yeah, so um, the Mets will likely be getting Max Scherzer back soon, which is a welcome sign. Uh, That's a huge welcome sign. Yeah. Uh, Charles, three and two-thirds innings, and his rehab started Syracuse. Francisco Alvarez got to catch him, which is very cool. Scherzer said he feels excellent. He's ready to go. So I think that, you know, pulling himself from that game, going on the IL for that stint, most likely the right call because now I think the Mets will have him for the stretch run here. Yeah, Linda wants some positivity. That's positive. Yeah. Seeing Scherzer on his way back, who looked good. He said he's probably ready to go his next, you know, next turn in the rotation. Uh, once again, this is what it comes down to for the Mets success. DeGrom and Scherzer at the top of that rotation. If you want to do any bit of damage, if you want to go far into these playoffs, those are your two guys that you are going to have to lean on. They will be your sled dogs and the Iditarod. They will yep. be the only two out there that if you don't have them, your 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 dogs are going to go everywhere. These are your leaders, the front runners, the two co-captains pushing this team, and they can carry you to the promised land. So I hope they are and I pray that they are healthy and ready to go at full strength uh, once the playoffs begins, because that is a one-two punch to reckon with. 
Yeah, and I mean, there's been a lot of talk of what if the Mets fall into a wild card spot, and I just keep thinking that if you're in that four wild card spot, you have home field advantage, and you have Degrom, Scherzer, and Bassett if you need them in Game Three. If you don't win that set, I don't know if you were meant to have this run because that's a tough set to win to go to City Field and face three guys that could all take a Game One ball for pretty much any team. Yeah, the uh, I I want to win. I want the Mets. To oh, win I want to win the division too. I do. I think it would be great. But I re- it doesn't really matter to me. Old, overall, you get into those this series and you have to beat these guys. Uh, it's important. Obviously, you would want DeGrom and Scherzer lined up to face one, go one-two in a bigger game, in a bigger set. Because if they go in the wild card round, you're going to get them in three-four right. or two-three for the next round, depending. Uh, so they wouldn't be lined up as well. But it doesn't matter. These guys are your horses these are your 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 two leaders uh and they are two of the best if not the best pitchers in baseball so so scherzer takes care of himself there he'll be back soon tyler mcgill still an outing away he only went two-thirds of an inning gave up five earned runs so he's gonna stay at syracuse continue to calibrate our friend you you think you think he got punished for giving up runs I think they want him to go multiple innings and no, that's a fact. They want yeah. him to to stretch it out a little bit yeah. in the in the bullpen. So and he then didn't uh, get, he didn't he wasn't getting the call up and said uh, you're not good enough yet. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, eh, actually, maybe you should say that there. Uh, Drew Smith, he's going to pitch on back to back days Friday and Saturday, so that's uh, tomorrow and the next day. After which the May- the Mets will probably activate him, which is very exciting. So maybe we'll see Drew for the series after the Pittsburgh series, which is exciting. Uh, Joey Lucchese, he's going to get stretched out to three innings, and Brett Beatty took some grounders uh, before yesterday's game. So guys are getting yeah, that was healthy. shocking. Good yeah, for him. Was, uh, I thought he was done for the early. season. Yeah, another another little uh, bright spot. Max Scherzer got to throw to Francisco Alvarez. That's awesome. Which is awesome. I mean, Scherzer's going to be here for a while. Alvarez is, you know, trying to kick that door down to the big leagues. Uh, and he had a little bit of a scare with that ankle. Nice to see him back. That was light. That's a, these are these are small positive signs for an organization moving forward. That's not just about the 2022 uh, team. Yeah. So I want to I want to pitch you some or not pitch you something just get your temperature on something. It was one of the questions that was asked uh, on our Twitter. Oh yeah, uh, the, we had a lot of responses to like, what we talk about. We won't be able to get funny. to them all. I appreciate one, you guys. Yeah, I, this one really caught my eye because it's something that I actually forgot about uh, until I looked back into it. It was a team that you were a part of, uh, the 2016 Mets. Um, the Mets that year were 80 and 69 on September 18th. They were in a playoff spot. They welcomed the Braves into City Field, who were in last place, and they got swept. They got punched in the mouth, fell to 80 and 72. Right after that was the Asdrubal Cabrera walk-off home run against the Phillies. Now, I know it was a long time ago, um, but I want to ask you if you remember the temperature of that clubhouse, where everyone's heads were at, and how that team was able to bounce back. Is that, uh, do you know this for a fact, is that the the Ender Inciarte I believe the, the final game was Ender Inciarte robbing. Yeah, Sessions. so I remember that. I remember the feeling, too. We, were, we got swept. We took a lead in that last game. Uh, and we had Familia pitching. And yes, we you guys were up 3 nothing. In that we game. get a rain delay on the last game and familia comes out and is flat understandably and they they put together some runs 
And it felt huge because we had just gotten, you know, we're like, oh shit, we lost, we swept. And then up steps Cespedes and he hits what would be, I think it would have been a game winner walk-off. Yes. It would have been and a instead, Ender Inciarte gets the best nickname in all of baseball, probably. And he put it on his his gold glove outfielder, uh, game ender, which is the really unbelievable. Good. Shout out really to good. Ender Inciarte. Awesome teammate. One of my favorite. He's a Venezuelan. Got to play with him. That was sick because he robbed. He ended the game on a robbed home run. Super badass. Uh, but that was tough for us. It was, it was, it felt like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong because the rain delay. We had Familia lined up. He got, you know, sat for a while. Um, but we felt good. Like we were like, all right. You know, we can we can bounce back. Uh, who did we play after that? Who was that? So right after that was that game with the Phillies where ah back and forth. Great game. Uh, yeah, that was a fun back and forth. And then that was the big the big home run both from another one of my favorite teammates, another Venezuelan dude. And as Drupal, the the bat flip arms up in the air, huge home run. That's what happens. Those are moments that that was a we need you uh baseball game and we got it and it was a huge momentum swing because that was one of those down moments and that's kind of where we are now uh who said that on twitter do you remember uh this was from corb with six o's corbo with six o's uh yeah good question man i do remember it and i remember the the series against philly that moment in particular being like one of those huge moments for us when we needed it uh because we had kind of a letdown year after going to the world series we were back and forth bouncing around and the braves had surged to the front and we were floundering and we needed that so that ride of the ship we felt good going in and then it didn't work for us we've we ran into the wild card game of yeah. uh, madison bumgarner um cole gillespie you know cole fucking gillespie hey. Connor, Connor, Connor. Yeah, we're allowed to get his name wrong. We're not against Gillespie. I think it was even Gillespie. It's like with an A or something. We don't know him the decent. But uh, that was a moment, and and I don't feel the same way. I'm not in that clubhouse, but I don't feel the same way about that team than I did about this current Mets team because they're better than we were in 2016. They played better all year. They have nothing to prove. They just have to get back to who they are. yeah, so I, I don't think there's they need to have one of these moments, but I think this is a, a nice spot for them. Yeah, I, I think the the larger point there is that, you know, this is a team that hit rock bottom after so right before that was Granderson's extra inning home run against the Twins, which a lot of fans remember. Um, that team hit rock bottom. They bounced back in a huge way and they won the rest of the way and they made the playoffs. And a lot of teams don't remember that. A lot of fans don't remember that team because of the one game playoff. Uh, but it just goes to show that this is a much better roster we have this year, and they're fully capable of making that same bounce back. And I think they need they needed a wake-up call because they weren't playing great baseball before this. They were scratching out series wins against bad teams, and they kind of need a fuck you series. They need to kind of stomp on the Pirates like they should be. Um, and I think that's what the 2016 Mets did right after to the Phillies, and that's what these Mets can do to the Pirates. So cool. great question from Corb. 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 
Hey everyone, today's episode of Shea Station was brought to you guys by Candy Digital. They're the official NFT partner of Major League Baseball. They take the obsession and thrill of card collecting digital with a totally cool collection. You got five levels of rarity, core, obviously, uncommon, rare, epic, and legendary. And you can get all your favorite Mets at Candy. All 80 players on the 2022 All-Star roster will be included in the series with player stats updated daily. Love that. You can purchase with a credit card on Candy's Marketplace at mlb.candy.com. The blue edition is $25 and the gold edition is 150 What a steal. So set up your account now at candy.com slash MLB. Start your collection today. That's once again candy.com slash MLB. And thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode of Chase Station. I think that's all we got. Is that it? Good. Nice. Oh, uh, I I mentioned uh, Devil in Ohio on Netflix. Mm. People are talking. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that. I'm six out of eight episodes. Very cheesy. Not mad that I'm watching it. Uh, it's really predictable so far and not predictable. It's, it's very scripted and mm. kind of like, you know. We'll see what the last two episodes do. But again, that's great. Someone said House of the Dragon. Incredible. I have, I'm waiting to binge it all in one go. What? Why would you do that? Because I know what kind of viewer. Well, I don't know. Your generation, dude. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you have to watch it all in one night. Why would you do that to yourself? I don't know in one night, but I know because it's really good and my friends are raving about it. I'm going to want to watch one episode. Don't you want to be in the know? So I've you decided to do that. What, I think it's 10 episodes. When it gets to episode eight, that's what I'm going to start watching. I'm going to watch it all the way weird. through and then I'm going to be with everybody for the finale. You're you're you don't like you're not afraid of spoilers on on Twitter no. and all that. I haven't seen anything. I'm all good. I got it uh, muted on Twitter. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start DM. Don't DM you it. dare! Don't you? Don't you dare! <laughs> yeah, House of the Dragon is awesome. I was nervous about it because you know I love Game of Thrones. Um, you know if you, if you get one of those sequels or a, a alternate take on it you're worried because they're just trying to capitalize on it but they did they did the right thing they took their time and this is this fire so yeah i'm glad to hear that it's good because that ending linda velcro baby linda sorry uh i did not enjoy where the crawdad sings yeah she's uh, as much as she did also um office sam and t-jack big fans of where the the crawdad sings so i think you're the minority i think you're the minority yeah i mean again it's it was it was yeah it was fine it was fine I'm sorry. I'm not going to read the book because I didn't enjoy the movie. And if you love the movie and love the book, that's how you feel. I didn't. I didn't, I like the movie. I do love the book, though. Book's gotcha. really well written. The movie was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I'll take fine. There's so much good content out there. Yeah. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about Devil in Ohio. Mm. I feel kind of like there's just so much good TV out there to watch. Can't be wasting your that time. I feel like I'm like, man, I could be, I could be seeing something that's gonna blow my mind. Uh, that's how I felt about where the crawdad sings. Yeah, but you're in the middle of it now. You gotta finish it. Is it where the crawdad sings or where the crawdads sing? Second one. Okay, got it. Nailed it. All right, guys, get the hell out of here. We'll <laughs> see you. We'll see you Monday. We'll Hopefully see you guys Monday. Monday. Yeah. So let's go, Mets. Yeah, win some games this weekend. Shout out to Polar Pete, LFGM. LFGM. We need that right now. Moments. <laughs>